Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother J.W. Brand here at God's Whole Word. Hallelujah. And it's a good thing to be here on this Friday evening. Uh, we're a little, uh, well, running a little behind. It's it's uh, getting close to 7 o'clock here uh, in the Houston area in Texas. But... Um, we gonna get this podcast done today uh, and uh, get it loaded up for you, and I pray that it'll be a blessing to you. And uh, we've been talking about uh, the things that God hates. That's right. We've been talking about the things that God hates. And you know, a lot of folks, they don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that God hates something. They don't want to hear that. Now all they want to hear about is love and uh, they want to hear about sweet things. You know, whisper sweet nothings in my ear will you do. But you know the prophets and the preachers and those that God called to tell what God's word said, all of what God's word said. We got a mind here at God's whole word to tell you what all of it is saying, not just part of it, you know. I mean, what good does it do if you only get part of the meal? Let me ask you something. If you ordered a meal of steak and lobster and all they brought you was your salad and your dessert and you never did get your steak and lobster, and then they come to the table to bring you your bill. And they've charged you for that steak and lobster. Why, they didn't even bring your soda or your sweet tea. No, they just brought you that salad and that dessert. And you ask them, and you say, where is my steak? Where is my lobster? And all you got here is my bill and you charge me. But I ain't got what I asked for. Hmm? Well, God is saying the same thing. Look, I'm, I'm giving you everything you need right here on your plate. And you're going to be charged for it whether you want to accept it or not. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are. Because, see, if you accept it, you're going to have the full meal. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be completely worth it because you're going to partake of the whole meal, the whole enchilada, or rather that whole steak and lobster. You're going you're gonna to take care of the whole meal. Yes, the Lord's going to do that for you. But you know what the world does is say, well, I, 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 you know, what are you charging me for if I, if I don't get all, all of this and that and the other? Well, if you get served the steak and lobster and it ain't cooked the way you want, you'll send it back, aren't you? Of course you are. Maybe you ordered a steak well done and they brought it to your table and you slice that steak and, and a little bloody blood runs out, a little bit of runny. And you say, I want this sent back because this ain't cooked the way I wanted it cooked. Huh? They come and take it back, and then they never bring you anymore. Huh? You just complain and moan and gripe over and over. 
Ah, it's not quite right. Not cooked. You send it back again. They get tired of you. Huh? Well, don't you know God has given us everything that we need for life and godliness? That's what he said through the mouth of Peter, the apostle Peter. And God has done that. He's given us a full plate. And he's given us a wonderful meal to eat. One that is worthy of royalty to sit and eat. Don't you know that if you're a child of the living God, God calls you a son, not a servant. That's what the Lord say in his word. Read it in the book of Galatians in chapter 4. And, and, and the Lord, you know, he, he wants us to be his children. And he wants to do good. And he wants to give us uh, everything that's of such a, a benefit of, of what a royalty, a person of royalty would receive. But see, you know, when you are born into a royal family, there are certain expectations certain responsibilities. If you don't believe that, then you haven't been watching too much about, uh, you know, the different people in uh, royal families. Look at them. Look at what goes on and all the responsibilities that are placed upon them. And some of them, you know, they, they, uh, they don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear certain things that maybe the responsibility of royalty uh, brings to them. And so then they, uh, you know, run out of their country and um, go on to another country and and then start talking bad about uh, their family. Mm, sound familiar? Well, I'm just saying, you know, God has given us his word. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He wants you and I to be his children. We're uh, the royal children of the Lord. But God's got a mind to help us to understand he's given us the rule book of royalty. What do you mean a rule book of royalty? I'm talking about the word of God. God has given us his word. He said, look, I want you to learn how to walk like a royal subject. I want you to learn how to serve me because I'm the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That's what God says. Amen. We know who that king of kings is. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. And so God gives us, he gives us guidelines. He gives us, uh, you know, instructions here in this Bible, in the Word of God. You don't call, I like to call it the Word of God because you know nowadays people in the world, they don't want to say there's any Word from God. No, they don't. Oh, that's just a book written by men, they say. I got news for you. You will find out one day. If you don't accept it by faith now, you sure ain't going to need no faith then because God's going to flat out show it to you. Hmm. It's like Thomas. You know, the Lord, he died and he was buried and then he, oh, he rose up and then next thing you know, he's appearing to the apostles. <clears throat> but Thomas wasn't there. And then, and then he left, you know, and then, and then after a while, I mean, the Lord left, you know, left there. And, uh, uh, and Thomas come back and they said, he was here, he was here. He said, I don't believe it and I ain't going to believe it unless I can stick my fingers and I see those nail prints in his hand and I can thrust my hand in his side. I ain't going to believe it unless I see it, he says. And so one day when all the apostles were together, including Thomas was there, and then the Lord just appeared. Didn't have to do nothing but just appear in the room because the doors were shut. 
And then he said to him, and he repeated his words because he heard what Thomas said. Huh? He said, come on, here's the nail prints in my hands, and come over here and take your hand and shove it up into my side. Thrust it up into my side like you wanted to do. And you know what happened to Thomas? He fell down and said, my Lord and my God! That's what he said. You know. Now, you know, uh, we could maybe say, you know, what in the world was wrong with you, Thomas? You know, and uh, all of that. We, we can come around and say all kinds of things about Thomas. But what about you? You know, if you let pride get so far into your life that you think you got it going on and, 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 and your word is, and that's the end of it. If you say, uh, I'm not going to believe it unless, oh, all right. Well, guess what? You're going to find out one day. You sure enough are. If you don't believe on this side and have faith, and then, you know, I thank God that Thomas did what he did because then the Lord poured a blessing out on somebody like me. Uh, he said, those that have never seen, he said, they're going to be blessed because they believe. He said, those that have never seen me, but yet they believe. He said, blessed are they. And so, hallelujah, I'm blessed because I believe. And I've never physically seen him. Oh, yes, I felt him. And yes, hallelujah, he lives inside of me. Hallelujah. The spirit is of his son. The Spirit of the Son, uh, hallelujah, of the Almighty God lives inside of those that have been baptized with that Holy Ghost and fire. Yes, hallelujah. And you know that you know that you know that Jesus is living inside of you. Amen. Amen. The Bible said, you know, he sends his, the Spirit of his Son into our hearts uh, and we cry, Abba, Father. That's, you know, and when you look at the day of Pentecost, Look at the book of Acts, chapter 2. You look at the day of Pentecost, and what were they doing when they were speaking in tongues? They were magnifying God, and, and people knew that they were speaking in their language, but these, these folks that were full of the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, they didn't know, you know, what lang language they were speaking or anything of the sort. <coughs> they didn't know that. They didn't know, you know, they said, well, we hear them speaking in our language, and, and they're, what did they say they were doing? They weren't sitting there uh, telling the future. No, they were praising God. Amen. Well, we're going to look at another way of uh, things happening in that manner, where people turn to God, and then the things they say change. Amen. You and I have got to make up our mind that what God says is what he means. God gives us his word. He, he gives us direction. He gives us guidance. Amen. He gives us the rule book to follow in order for us to learn how to be royalty. Don't you know that the children that are born as royal subjects, those children, they run around even with the slaves' children and play with them while they're little. But along the way, as time goes on, you know, they, they're given uh, lessons and instructions as they're going along. But they're playing around, you know, they're little kids, and they're going and playing with the slaves' kids, too, is what they were doing. Now, I say slave, I'm talking about in the Scripture. I'm not talking about now, so don't act like I'm, you know, uh, all that uh, with, with slavery. You know better. You, if you listen to me, you know better. You know that I don't uh, condone slavery. But I'm saying that in light of the Scriptures. So with the royalty subjects, those children born into royalty, they, that's what they did. They would play with the servants' uh, children and the slaves' children and all that because those were the ones that were around them and they were their age, and so they would play with them. But along the way, they were being instructed 
and guided by the rule books of what they were to know. And God gives it, uh, he, he gives us the words of how we live, how we serve him, how we honor him. And one of those things is we've got to look at the word of God and find out what God hates. Because God ain't going to have it with his raw children. No, he's not. God ain't going to have stuff he don't want, stuff that he says he hates. <clears throat> if, if the almighty king of kings says he hates something, you better learn what it is. You better learn. Because if you don't learn on this side, you're going to learn on that side and it's going to be too late. You say, what side are you talking about? I'm talking about when you take your last breath. Amen. You say, well, I thought this was a podcast for Christians. And, well, it, it should be. But you know what's happened? So many so-called Christians, that's right. So many so-called Christians are running around. They claiming to be royalty. And one, uh, number one, you ain't even been baptized with the Holy Ghost. You don't even have the spirit of, 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 of Jesus inside of you. You don't even have the spirit of his son inside of you at all. And you're running around claiming to, uh, to, 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 to be saved and, and claiming to know Jesus. And you've got so much sin in your life because you won't repent. Well, the Lord gives us in his rule book a guideline. He said you need to repent. And turn from your wicked ways. You gotta turn around from your sin and get right with the Lord. Because if you don't, what happens is if you refuse to repent, you refuse to turn from your wicked ways. Oh, well, I don't have to repent because I just gotta believe in Jesus. You know the Bible don't teach that. Look at the book of James. The Bible does not teach that. It absolutely does not teach that all you got to do is believe in Jesus. That's nonsense. Because believing in Jesus ain't any different than what the devil does. He believes too. You don't believe that? Look at the book of James. He said your, your faith without works is dead. You got a dead faith. Your faith ain't alive. Not if you don't want to obey the Lord and repent. You say, well, I ain't never heard no preacher tell me to repent. And you just sound like you're just a mean old man. And all. listen, I'm trying to tell you something, not because I'm mean, not because I'm mad at you, not because I hate you. I'm telling you because I love you. I'm telling you because the Lord loves you and he puts his spirit down in the side, inside of those that have been baptized with, his, with that Holy Ghost and that means we got the love of Jesus down in us and we don't want nobody to be lost without direction. But if you sit there and you say you're saved and you're not saved, you're going to go to hell. That's what's going to happen. If you say you're saved and you are not saved, you're going to go to hell. You're going to sit there and say, oh, you want you saved, and then come to find out you ain't saved. There's nothing else you can do. So guess what? God puts it in the mouth of some preachers hmm, to come along and say, look, you're not saved. You, you say you're saved, but you ain't saved. Amen. Because there's some folks that are so prideful that they can't see the truth. They're so full of pride, they can't see the truth. And they don't want to obey the truth. They don't want to listen. That's pride. You say, well, what are you talking about? I'm talking about repentance. 
repenting from what God says is wrong. If you just say, well, all I got to do is believe in Jesus, that means you don't, you don't believe in Jesus, really, because you won't repent. You're just like the, your father's the devil. Because the devil don't want you to repent. He believes in Jesus. He believes in God. Read the book of James. Yes, he does. And all of his devils, they believe in Jesus. They believe in God. Yes, they do. Oh, yes, they do. But the thing that they won't do is they won't allow their belief to turn into real true faith where they allow their faith to show up in their works, in their actions, in their words, in their behavior. The changes that have got to come that prove that you truly are saved. I ain't got to prove nothing. That's pride. Pride, I tell you, that's pride. And it's going to destroy you. And so that's the reason why preachers come along and they're trying to tell you, look, you're going to have to repent of that pride. Amen. So we've been in uh, a uh, travel, if you will, in the Word of God. We had spent some time. Now you won't hear about the love of God. I, I talked about the love of God before we started talking about the things that God hates. We explained in such detail over quite a few podcasts about God's love. So go back and look at those. I'm not saying we don't, you know, without love, you can't have nothing. But I'm going to tell you something. You cannot know true love unless you know what hate is. It's impossible to do. See? And God does have absolute, complete love for this world. It says in John 3.16 that so, so many people understand and know that verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And, and, and they'll keep reading the rest of that verse. Whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Uh, well, okay, why don't you keep reading the rest of the verses after that? You know, people want to stop at John 3.16, but they don't want to read verse 17, 18, and keep going. Read the rest of the verses after that and see exactly what it says. Hmm? Because we do not have... Uh, the the right if we're going to say we're Christians we don't have the right to pick and choose you can't cherry pick your religion you can't cherry pick the Bible you're going to have to and that term has come up quite frequently uh, oh you know you Christians you cherry pick in the law and you no <laughs> not here we don't I'm going to tell you like it is I'll tell you what the truth is amen I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. Because you're going to have to have the whole word of God. That's why this is called God's whole word. Because we're going to tell you the whole word, whether you like it or not. Now, so with that said, we're going to talk about the things God hates. And in verse six, or in chapter 6 of the book of Proverbs, verses 16 through 19, the very first thing that's on the list of seven things that God has listed here that he hates, which is not an exhaustive list at all. It's just uh, these are core things that you... Uh, the, the, the foundation of, of the core things that God hates. I, we can say it that way because so many of these things that we see here, you can find so many other things that are rooted right here from these seven things. And the first thing on the list is a proud look. So we've been looking at pride. We've been going over that and we've been talking about pride because, uh, you know, the Bible says that pride is destructive. It will destroy you. And I, I have even said to people, I said, look, I don't think anybody should be using the word pride or proud. You know, you say, well, that's, that's insane. That's too, uh, you know, radical. Well, you can say what you want. But nowhere in the scripture does the word pride or proud 
anywhere. Look them all up. Look all the verses up of the word proud and all the verses up of the word pride. And you will not find in any way, shape, or form it being used, not in the Old Testament or the New Testament, in a good way at all. Never. So, uh, I, you know, I, I even had one of my children got upset with me. Now, we got nine kids, and, and one of them got upset with me one day and said, how come you don't never say you're proud of us? I said, you know full well, as much as I've taught you, you know I'm not going to use that word. I said, but how many times have I said to you, I'm happy about the accomplishments that you've made and so on and so forth. I said, I'm going to say it the way that, that is uh, right and proper in God. I'm not going to sit there and, and say something that shouldn't be said. I said, so you're never going to hear me say, I'm proud of you. I said, because that is something that denotes something that God hates. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going down that road. I said, but I will tell you in no uncertain terms, I'm very happy with the things that you've accomplished. And, 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 and so, uh, you know, it, it makes my heart happy that you're able to do this and you're able to do that and and named off some of the specifics dealing with that one particular child that brought it up to me adult child albeit but still and so uh never had another word said about that you see you got to be willing to stand on the word of god you got to know what the word of god says and stand there don't bend and bow to this world don't bend and bow even to your children. And, you know, I'm, I moved back to the state of Texas. Now, this is where I was born, but God boomeranged me back, and I swore I'd never be here again, and God brought me back anyhow. But I'm going to tell you, Texas, you better hear this preacher. You better hear me. I ain't nobody, but you better hear what I've got to say to you that the Word of God tells us about pride. You better hear the Word of God. Sit there and talk about Texas pride. Texas pride. You better reword that. Huh? Oh, yeah, I know. Texas is different than all the other states. And I, I'm grateful to a lot of things that go on here in the state of Texas. I'm glad that I'm able to be here. I'm glad for, for the stands that uh, Texas takes on some things. I'm glad about it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about some of the things that, uh, you know, in Texas, some people are mad with Texas. They're angry with Texas. They don't like some of the stands. You know, I'm, I'm happy about the stand that, that Texas takes on abortion. I'm glad that they got a mind to stand up for life. I'm happy about that. I'm glad about it. You know, because the Lord said choose life. And so I, I'm glad about that. I'm glad about a lot of different things. But I'm going to tell you what, Texas... You better remove that word and you better replace it with something else. Hmm? You better call it something else instead of Texas pride. Hmm? Texas happiness, Texas joy. You better find another word to use. Because if you don't and you keep up with that, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to take Texas down. You say, oh, that'll never happen. That's pride. You better be careful. Amen and hallelujah. So we're going to talk about pride again today. And uh, I've already spent 23 minutes or so talking, and we got to uh, go to the Word of God, but we can't do that without talking to the Lord. And so that's what we're going to do. Dear Lord, I thank you for the opportunity and the privilege to come uh, once again uh, to this 
uh, podcast desk here and sit here and talk to people about your word because your word is what leads us and it, hallelujah, and guides us out of the things that are damaging and destructive to us and leads us into those things that will benefit us and bless our soul. Hallelujah. And so, Lord, I'm asking you no different than I've asked you to before to lead my, my mind through your word and put words in my mouth from the Holy Ghost itself coming on down from heaven itself. Hallelujah. Thank you. That we might learn and we might understand that you hate pride. You hate it. My God, help us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So what I'm going to do, and this is going to be a little different than some podcasts I've done. I'm going to read uh, in the book of Daniel. We're going to read chapter 4, and it talks about a name, man named Nebuchadnezzar. Now, a lot of folks, they've heard about Nebuchadnezzar. A lot of people don't know the whole story. And so what we're going to do is we're going to read it, and we're going to see what happened. Now, Nebuchadnezzar was a man full of pride. You hear that? Not only that, but he ran. He, he was a king. King Nebuchadnezzar, he was a king. And, and, and his, his, his kingdom spread. And it was a, a great and mighty kingdom that it was. Better be careful, Texas. Watch out with that word pride. Change it up. I think Texas Joy sounds good. Of course, some people might be offended because maybe their child is named Joy. But, you know. Texas uh, peace, Texas um, comfort, Texas. I mean, we could just go on and on. I ain't got time for that. But anyway, I'd change it up if I were you, Texas. And I don't use the words Texas pride, but I, I, I am happy to be in Texas. I am full of joy to be in Texas. I am excited about being in Texas. Amen. And so come on, Texas. Let's not use the word pride. It's going to destroy us. Let's change it up to something else. Hallelujah. And keep this great state of Texas going. Hallelujah. In a great and wonderful way. And let, uh, I, I just pray that Texas will get a mind to serve God. Because otherwise you might end up like Nebuchadnezzar. Mm -hmm. Let's see what happens. And if you as a state don't, I'm going to tell you what, anybody listening? The same thing that happened to Nebuchadnezzar can happen to you. Maybe not on the scale that it did with him, but God can do anything. You hear? God can and will do anything with anybody that he chooses because he's in charge. You're not in charge. You think you're in charge? Well, I run a great big company, blah, blah, blah. There's that pride. You don't do nothing except that God allows you to do it. You better get that rotten, stenchy, stinking, filthy pride out of your mind and your heart and your mouth before God come at you. All right, so let's read about Nebuchadnezzar because Nebuchadnezzar, you know, he's he's got a mind too, like ain't nobody going to touch me, ain't nobody going to do nothing to me. Chapter 4 of the book of Daniel. Now it is said that Nebuchadnezzar uh, probably did write chop chapter 4 in the book of Daniel. That a lot of uh, those who study the word of God, you know, there's a word called theologian. 
Come on. You study the Word of God, you're a theologian. Don't I mean, but a lot of people like to use that word like they're somebody. Oh, I'm a theologian. Oh. Anybody studying the Word of God is a theologian. Come on, get over yourself. But anyway, Nebuchadnezzar, it's, it's attributed so many times to a lot of those who won't call themselves theologian and run that word around because of their spirit of pride. Uh, but anyway, uh, it, it seems to be from the writing itself. You know, God's word will defend itself. You don't have to sit there and get yourself all prideful and tell people how you, you got this degree and you're a theologian. Oh, oh, come on, sit down and be quiet and let God speak through his word instead of you running your mouth, showing up all your prideful accolades and everything you've done. Well, I've been busy and uh, I, I, I did the work I put in the time. Well, that's wonderful. But you wouldn't have had no time if God hadn't given it to you. You wouldn't have had no mind to do if God hadn't given it to you. So you need to give all the glory and the honor to God and let go of that pride before it destroys you and eats you alive. Now, chapter 4 of the book of Daniel, as I said, I've tried to say several times now, that it seems to be attributed by reading the word of God it seems to be attributed to Nebuchadnezzar. So let's read. Now as we go along, because I read out of the King James Version, not the New King James Version. There's some people that uh, uh, I think a spirit of pride got a hold of them and they think that they can translate things uh, back in, started up in 1979. They said, well, we're going to come along. We're going we're gonna to take the new, we're going to take the King James Version and we're going to make a new one. Yeah, your spirit of pride. You went and you translated some of it into a manner where it's not meant to be. But that's a whole other subject. So I'm I'm just in the old-fashioned, old-fashioned old, old <laughs> King James Version. All right, so chapter 4, verse 1, starting with verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar the king, unto all people, nations, and languages, that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied unto you. Now, Nebuchadnezzar, he's going to start talking. And when you start listening to the first few verses that we're listening to, he's telling it in the way that he used to be, how he used to talk. So remember that as we read. Verse 2. I thought it good to show the signs and wonders that the high God hath wrought towards me. Now, that's... More along the lines of the right way of talking. He said, I got a mind to show you the signs and the power of God. The high God and what he's done towards me. He said, I, I'm going to do that. And then he starts telling you how he used to talk and how things used to be. All right, verse 3. How great are his signs and how mighty his wonders. Oh, that's true. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. Well, Nebuchadnezzar, you got it going on. And you, and it looks like you changed your mind and your thoughts and the ways you're talking because here in a minute we're going to hear you doing something else. But he's lifting up God. He's giving God the glory and the honor. Don't you know every one of us better get on and do that? Because you see, Nebuchadnezzar had a change of heart and a change of mind because God put him through the ringer because he wouldn't listen because he was so full of pride and God had to knock him off his pedestal of pride. Amen and hallelujah. So verse 4, I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in my house and flourishing in my palace. He said, I, I was doing all right. I was at peace and boy, I tell you, everything was going good and I was living up in my palace. Verse 5. 
I saw a dream which made me afraid. And can you imagine somebody being afraid? They're in their palace and everything's flourishing and everything's great, but yet you had a dream. Well, what's the matter, Nebuchadnezzar? You poor little thing, a dream scare you. You know, some people, they're so full of pride, they won't even understand that sometimes God speaks through dreams. You better pay attention. Hmm? You better, you better think. And so this dream, it affected him. In verse 5, it says, I saw a dream which made me afraid, and the thoughts upon my bed and the visions of my head troubled me. He said, what I saw, it, it really troubled me. In verse uh, uh, 6, it says, Therefore I made a decree, he made a law, to bring in all the wise men of Babylon uh, before me that they might make known unto me the interpretation of the dream. In other words, he's going to get all of his soothsayers. You know what the wise men were? Well, there's those astrologers. You know, those palm readers. You know, those uh, that, Ooh, I can tell the future. Huh? Those kind of folks. He said, I made a law that all the wise men were going to stand and they were going to interpret this dream for me that I had that scared the living daylights out of me. Verse 7. Then came in the magicians. Oh, my. And the astrologers. Hello. You better get away from that astrology. You better stop looking at that mess. You better quit going to them palm readers. You hear me, Houston? You hear me, Texas? You hear me, America? You better quit. God don't like that. Hmm? Because it's rooted with pride. Those things are rooted with pride. You say, no, it's not. Oh, yes, it is. Because they try and tell you they know something. Now, they do know something, but what they know come from the devil. Oh, no, it don't. I heard, I heard my astrologer, and she said she believed in God. She don't believe in the true God. She don't believe in the God of Israel. She don't believe in the true one living God. And I could prove it. Hmm? All you got to do is sit there and talk to him for a few minutes. I bet you I'd get her so hot and mad just sitting there asking a few questions. Hmm? Oh, yeah. That's right. Don't sit there and tell me you know the future. Because I'm going to tell you what, if something has spoken to you, it's a devil that has talked to you. It's a demon that has spoke to you. There ain't no God speaking to you. He's a God of this world, but he ain't the one true living God that speaks through those astrologers and those palm readers and all those people. You open up your newspaper and you look at the astrology for the day. Oh, I've got to get my horoscope. No, you don't. You better quit it. That's devil mess. You hear me? That's devil mess and you better quit it. Anyway, so that's what Nebuchadnezzar did. So that ought to be a clue to you. If he's going to be uh, hooking up with these folks and he gets taken down like he does, well, you better hang on because he got took down. Hmm? You don't think God can't take you down? That's pride. God can take you down. All right. So, verse 7, it says, Then in come the magicians and the astrologers and the Chaldeans and the soothsayers. Oh, you know what a soothsayer is? Oh, they only tell you good things. Oh, you're going to meet the finest man in the land. Oh, girlfriend, you're going to meet yourself. He's a, oh, yeah, he's a hottie. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, 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 maybe it's a man. I, I don't know. There's more women go to them places than men, but some men do. Mm -hmm. Of course, that ought to tell you something because, you know, the devil, uh, what, what happened? Uh, 
I'm not trying to make women mad but and angry at me, but I'm going to tell you what. The Bible makes it clear that the one that was deceived was not Adam. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Nope. The woman was deceived by the devil. Now, what she did was she tricked Adam. But it says very clearly in the Word of God, the woman was the one that was deceived by Satan. And so it's no wonder that there are more women that go to these astrologers, these palm readers and all that, than there are men. But there's some men that do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So here it is in verse 7. It says those soothsayers, they're going to tell you, oh, yeah, you know, good things. Oh, you're going you're gonna to prosper. You're going to do all this. Hey, what do you, you think they're going to sit there and tell you what God has said when he says to repent or else you're going to go to hell? Do you think any astrologer, any any soothsayer, any palm reader, anybody that's telling you their for, future, uh, uh, do you think their business is going to flourish with them sitting there telling you bad things? They're not going to flourish. No. They'd be run out. They'd run out of business. No, they got to keep telling you good things. And you know how they hook you in? is because the devils, the demons, have told them certain personal things about you. And then you get hooked in because you think, you think that's God. You think that God's speaking. No, it ain't. It's a devil speaking through them. And, and don't think for one second that a devil don't know certain. Oh, I know it from the Lord because they told me something that nobody else would have known. I wrote that note to so-and-so and they're only, nobody else knew, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you're wrong. The devil sees things. Yes, he does. And he uses those things. Oh, they only knew. They're the only ones that knew that grandma gave me this ring before she died. Oh, oh my word. Come on. Listen, the devil sees those things and he talks to them and tells them. Uh-huh. Because their daddy's the devil. Those palm readers and those uh, people that run astrology and they're giving you a horoscope. And I dare to tell you, you better stop popping those cookies in that Chinese restaurant. I tell them. When I took my kids, we used to go out, and I finally told them, you know, they bought those cookies. I said, could you please take those and take them back? I said, I don't want those cookies on my table. Oh, well, you know, they're just good. I said, I don't want them at my table. I said, could you please take these cookies away? Hmm? Now, I let it go on for a while until the Lord got a hold of me, and he said, you need to quit that. And so we did. And, and you say, well, uh, you know, people going to get upset. Well, you can get upset, but I'm going to listen to God. And so anyway, so, you know, Nebuchadnezzar, he got this thing going on, and he calls in the astrologers, the magicians, soothsayers, and then the rest of verse 7, it says, And I told the dream before them, but they did not make known unto me the interpretation thereof. Well, you know, some things the devil is not going to tell you. Mm-mm. Not if it's coming from God. Because he does not want God's word to be told. That's what he does not want. So he certainly would not be able to tell uh, the astrologers and different things, all, all these, what God is going to say. All right? Verse 8. But at last, at the last, Daniel came in before me, whose name was Belteshazzar, excuse me, Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God. Now, remember what I told you. 
he's talking and he's telling you how it went, okay? Because he's already turned and he's already changed. He's already repented. We heard that in the first uh, uh, three verses of chapter 4. You see how he turned from what he used to say. But now he's going to talk to you and he's going to start telling you how it was that things were going on and, and how he used to talk and how he used to uh, be. He said, he said, in which, he said now, he said, according to the name of my God, because whenever they took these Hebrew children out from where they were and brought them in to uh, Babylon, uh, you know, uh, they changed their names to, to these names of their God and so on and so forth. And so he said, I, I named him Belteshazzar according to the name of my God, you know, that he had before, in, in whom the spirit of the holy gods, and before him I told the dream, saying, and so he said, at that time, I believe that he had the spirit of the holy gods. In other words, uh, all of his gods he worshipped and, uh, you know, so on and so forth. And he said, and I told him the dream. In verse 9, it says, O Bel, uh, Belteshazzar, he starts talking to him. He said, Matter, uh, master of the magicians. Now, Daniel had become a leader among these people. God, God will use whom he chooses to accomplish what he wants. You better hear. God will choose who he uses in order to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. And so it says, O Belteshazzar, master of the magicians, because I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in thee. Well, how did he know that? Because Daniel had gotten a reputation of, of being somebody that, that knew things because God would speak to him. And so he said, And no secret troubleth thee. Tell me the visions of my dream that I have seen and the interpretation thereof. In other words, he said, he said nothing bothers you. you. You just tell it like it is. And, and, and you don't seem to be bothered. Look, I, I myself, I, I've got to tell you, I know that people get upset with me. I know they get angry with me because I tell things like they are in the Word of God. And, and, and I, you know, I've had, I've had so many people be angry with me over the years. For the last, uh, well, let's see, this is 2023, so we can go back uh, all the way to, well, you know, the last 10, 12 years or so, uh, you know, where God just put a, began to put a fire in my mouth, began to turn me around and, 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 and do a great work in my life, which I'm so grateful and thankful that God was so merciful and pulling me away from the things. And he said, come out from among them and be you separate. And God began to do a great work in my life. But I, I'll tell you, the thing of it is that, uh, you know, you get to this place where when God's telling you, look, you need to say what I tell you to say and don't be afraid of their faces. God told me that one day. And, um, and so I've had to tell what God says, and I'm not trying to stir trouble up. I'm not trying to make people angry. I'm not trying to be, I'm not even trying to be mean. I, I say these things. I honestly, truly say these things in love to you. You say, you do not sound loving when you talk. Listen, I, I get it. But, you know, God molds and shapes people in the direction that they've got to do and the things they've got to say. This is a very hard world we're dealing with. This world that we are living in now, and this generation that we're living in, very stubborn, hard-headed, stone-hearted generation. And so God has to have some people that will rise up and that will literally be able to burn through that stuff with the words that come out of their mouth to melt those stony hearts. And, and, and you say, well, it don't seem to be doing no good. Oh, when you see people that get hot and bothered, don't tell me you don't do it. It's doing something or you wouldn't be getting mad. It's doing something. It's making you be affected by what's being said. So, 
But he said, he said, there's no secret that troubles you. In other words, you you understand something, and then it don't bother you to tell. And so, and that's interesting because of what happens here in a minute. It says, tell me the visions of my dream that I have seen and the interpretation thereof. In verse 10, it says, thus were the visions in my head and my in my bed. So he begins to talk to him and tell uh, Belteshazzar or Daniel what he saw. He said, I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth, and the height thereof was great, great big old tree. Verse 11, and the tree grew and was strong and the height thereof reached unto the heaven and the sight thereof to the end of all the earth. He said this was a great mighty tree and it just kept on growing and just reaching the whole earth and up to the heavens. Verse 12, the leaves thereof were fair and the fruit thereof much. Oh, it was full of fruit. And in it was the meat for all. Oh, it supplied everything for everybody. And the beasts of the field had shadow under it. In other words, it was comfortable. And the fowls of heaven dwelt in the boughs thereof. It gave homes to people. And all the flesh was fed of it. Oh, it supplied everybody's need. Verse 13. And I saw in the vision in my head upon my bed, and behold, a watcher. Hello? A watcher and a holy one came down from heaven. Mm. A watcher and a holy one come down from heaven. Ooh, my, my, my. Now, he said, this is what happened in my dream. In verse 14, he said, he, he cried aloud. Who did? That watcher, the holy one that came down from heaven. He cried aloud, verse 14, and said thus, Hewn down the tree and cut off his branches and shake off his leaves and scatter his fruit and let the beast get away from under it and the fowls from the branches. In other words, all this is just going to come down. It's going to be destroyed. It's going to be shaken out. Mm, Verse 15. Nevertheless, leave the stump of his roots in the earth. That's what the Holy One said that came down from him. He said, nevertheless, even though all this is going to be tearing down, all this is going to come on down, he said, nevertheless, leave the stump of his roots in the earth. In other words, there got to be some something that's got some still some growth in there. You know, I remember one time I, I had a palm tree, a bush or tree or whatever you want to call it. Well, it hadn't grown to a big old tree, but it was a bush. Uh, palm when I uh, moved to this particular property and I had uh, to cut all of the leaves I got down to the nitty gritty of the land and I I even I mean I dug out what I thought I thought was the root out of this one because it was in my way and I was trying to landscape and do things you know make it uh, okay for people to walk up to my door because it was just not really uh, very uh, accommodating to that and so I, I I dug out what I thought out of this one particular palm I thought I'd even dug out the root and the whole thing and then come summertime and that thing started growing again but it was it was growing kind of like in a different way but I thought to myself well there still had to be a root down in there and I didn't know it and I thought I dug all the root out I mean a little dug deep and I thought that I got all of it out but apparently I didn't and so that root was still in there and the ground was staying supple enough and healthy enough that eventually when the summertime came the next summer uh, or that following summer because we moved here in the spring and that following summer that thing began to grow 
And so this is what the, the Holy One that came down from heaven said. It says now in verse uh, 15, Nevertheless, leave the stump of his roots in the earth. In other words, the stump or the roots of, of all that he's built and all that he's done, his great and mighty kingdom. All right? The roots of his kingdom. And so it says, Nevertheless, leave the stump of the roots in the earth, and even with a band of iron and brass in the tender grass of the field, and let it be wet with dew, the dew of heaven. In other words, it's got to continue to, uh, that way it don't dry out, you see. Because once a root dries out, it is, it's no good anymore. And, and let his portion be with the beast in the grass of the earth. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Verse 16. Let his heart be changed from man's, and let a beast heart be given unto him, and let seven times pass over him. Now, seven times pass, I mean, for seven years he's going to be like this. You ain't going to have a heart like a man anymore. You're going to have a heart like a, like a beast out in the field. He said, this is what's going to happen to you. Verse 17. This matter is by the decree of the watchers and the demand by the word of the holy ones. Oh, my, 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 my. In other words, this is going to happen. This is, whatever this is, this interpretation, Belteshazzar, as, as, as King Nebuchadnezzar began to tell him, and he said, he said the, the watchers and the holy ones, now we know that uh, God has a great kingdom. Oh, yes, he does. God has a great kingdom. Now, you may not be able to look up to the sky and see all of the, the angels of the Lord that watch over us and protect us and keep us. Now, there's a fight going on. There's a spiritual battle. The devils and all of his, the devil and all his demons and his devils, uh, you know, they fight against God's kingdom coming down to us and blessing us and all that. No, the devil don't want to bless you. He wants you to get a hold of the things uh, and the attitudes and all that this world uh, offers and, 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 and everything that stands against God. He wants to give that to you. He don't want, he don't want uh, the holy ones and the watchers to come and, and give a word of the Lord. Hmm? No, he, he wants you to think for one, not, not one second does he want you to believe that the word of God has been preserved. He doesn't want that. But the, but the angel of the Lord and God himself uses whatever that he needs, even moving through a dream in Nebuchadnezzar's mind as he slept. Sometimes God will speak to us through many, many different ways. Now, don't you sit there and tell me, oh, yeah, well, my medium told me or my, my psychic told me. Nonsense. You hear me? Their daddy's the devil. You better understand that. Your psychic, their daddy's the devil. You better get away from them. You better run. I say you better run. Amen. Don't you give them another dime. Not another dollar should go in their pocket. Now, let's move on. And so... uh. Verse 17, it says, This matter is a decree by the watchers and a demand by the word of the holy ones to the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will and setteth up over it the basest of men. Hello? He said, the reason why this is going to come to pass with you, Nebuchadnezzar, is because we're going to prove to everybody on this earth who's in charge. We're going to let everybody know through your story that God is almighty and all-powerful, and he can do what he wants. 
Because you got a great kingdom here. You got a massive kingdom here, Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, yes, you do. But God's going to knock you off of that pedestal of pride you got going on. And you better understand and you better hear something. Every last one of you that are listening to this podcast, God will knock you off of your pedestal of pride if you do not listen to him. You understand? Amen. God is not going to keep up tolerating your prideful attitude. He's not going to do that. He's not going to do that. And I know that from experience. I know this personally. I know this story. Oh, yes, I do. Because God knocked me off of my pedestal. And don't you think for one second, not for one moment, that God won't do the same to you. Oh, yes, he will. Oh, yes, he will. And so here they made it known that this is to the intent that the living, in other words, every human being that ever hears this story, the living may know that the Most High, who do you think the Most High is? God Almighty Himself is the Most High. Yes, He is. It says the Most High. Hallelujah. To the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men. In other words, you see everything that goes on around you. You think, you think that America's run by the government there in Washington, D.C. That's what you think. You say, well, it is. Well, the thing that is, everything that goes on that goes on, God is allowing certain things. Because see, God, he does that for you and I. He's not going to force himself on you. But he is going to bring preachers along to tell you, you better repent, you better turn around. Because if you don't listen, you are going to face an almighty God and you're going to have to give an account. And so this thing about pride, you are going to have to give an account for your prideful actions and your prideful words. And all pride is destructible. It will destroy. It will implode and explode. Do you hear? It is destructive. Pride is and so, you know, he said, look, this is what the one speaking, he said, the most high that ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whom he will and set up uh, it over the basis of men, the basest of men. He said, look, God can give it to the, to the worst of the worst. Because, see, this is what happened with Israel. When they refused to listen to God, when they refused to obey God, when they refused to repent, when they just continued with their pride, Hmm? spirit of pride would not let go then what God would do is he finally would lift his hand up and let the enemy rush in because Satan wants to destroy but God will hold the enemy back but there's going to come a point in the time if you do not let go of your pride God is going to lift up his hand and he's going to let that enemy rush in if he hasn't already maybe that's what you're dealing with now but you better hear God you better turn and repent because it can only get worse if you don't. All right. So let's continue on with our read. So verse 18. It says, This dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. He said, I saw it. I'm telling you. Nebuchadnezzar, I really did. And now thou, O Belteshazzar. That's Daniel. Remember, he renamed Daniel. O Belteshazzar, declare the interpretation thereof. He said, tell me what this means. For as much as all the wise men of my kingdom are not able to make known unto me the interpretation. Why do you think that is, Nebuchadnezzar? Because they don't follow God. And neither does any of your psychics. 
Any of your palm readers, they do not follow God. I don't care what they're telling you. They're lying to you. They're lying to you. Just because they say, oh, I believe in God. They may even tell you they believe in Jesus Christ. They're liars. Because if they believed in Jesus Christ, which they might because the devils believe, but they're not willing to obey just like the devils are not willing to obey. Because if you're willing to obey, you would let go of that nonsense. Okay, And I say it's nonsense because you're on the wrong side of the tracks. You're listening to demons and devils. And you sit there and say, oh, no, no I, I heard the voice of my grandmother. No, you did not. No, you didn't. You did not. I heard the voice of my daddy. I heard the voice of so-and-so come from the dead. No, you did not. What you are hearing is demons and devils. But they knew this and they knew that. You're being fooled. You're being fooled because these people that that you, uh, the voices that you hear that come from what you think is these people speaking. Mm -mm. No, those are voices of devils. The devils know things. They've seen things. They watch. And you know what? The Bible says the devil goes around seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for people that are going to fall into this trap. So he's watched you for a long time. And you just happen to be susceptible to that nonsense. And so the devil will come right along and run around and tell you things. And you're going to see things and you're going to hear things and all this. And every last bit of it is from straight out of hell itself. The devil himself. Amen. All right. So verse 18. This dream... I, King Nebuchadnezzar, have seen now. Now, O Belteshazzar, declare the interpretation of there, there. For as much as all the wise men in my kingdom, they're not able to make known unto me the interpretation. They can't tell me what it says. But thou art able. He knew. You see, Daniel had a reputation. Don't you know that the people of God have a reputation to tell you what God has to say? But you won't listen. You know, the true people of God have a reputation to tell you what God says, but you don't want to hear it because it makes you mad, makes you angry. All right. Now, let's read on. Verse 18. He said, you're able to make the interpretation uh, known to me. He said, I know you're able. And then at the end of verse 18, he says, for the spirit of the holy gods is in thee. Remember, this was during the time that Nebuchadnezzar was not repentant. He tells you in the first three verses that he has repented. You can tell by the way he's talking. But now he's going to start telling you about what's going on between him and... He's going back in time and he's telling you. So here he is. He's saying, look, this is what I think. He said, I think that you have the spirit of the holy gods in you. And what he didn't understand was, no, this is just God Almighty himself speaking through Daniel. And, and Daniel's just a normal person. Just like you and I and anybody else. Listen, those people like Noah and Daniel and Jonah that got swallowed up by the fish and uh, on and on and on. All these people, these were just normal people. But they made up their mind to want to be used by God and God will use those that are willing to be used. But listen, people on the outside of all this, they're going to misinterpret things. And they misinterpreted this. They thought, uh, you know, Nebuchadnezzar thought, oh, this is the spirit of the gods he serves that gives him the words. Verse 19. Then Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, was astonished for one hour. For one hour. He was absolutely astonished at what he saw. 
He was like in a trance and he was astonished and he was, and it says his thoughts troubled him. Now remember, up in verse 9, Belteshazzar had been known to not let any secret trouble him. The, the things that were secret that God made known, those things didn't trouble him and he would tell what they were saying. It didn't bother him. But here he was troubled. He was troubled. All right? And see, Belteshazzar has been able to be brought before the king. You know, Nebuchadnezzar had the ability to just wipe Daniel out and all of Daniel's people. You see? If you don't remember uh, the story about Daniel's friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, these are the three Hebrew boys that were thrown in the fire. And, 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 and they said, no matter what. These were teenagers, by the way. Teenage boys. And they made up their mind. They were not going to turn from God. And they said, look, you can throw us in the fire, but we're, you know our God is going to deliver us. And then they said, but even if our God don't deliver us, we're still not going to bow. We're going to serve God. And so Daniel was known to, to, to this extent of, of not being afraid or troubled or bothered or whatever by the things that God showed him. But he wasn't going to, to bow because he wouldn't even eat the king's meat that was brought to him. And there's a whole other story about that. But anyway, verse 19. Then Daniel, whose name is Belteshazzar, was astonished for one hour, and his thoughts troubled him. And the king spake, and, and he said, Belteshazzar, Learn, let, let not the dream or the interpretation thereof trouble thee. Don't let it bother you. I, don't let it bother you. I, I'm not going to wipe you out. Just tell me what it says. Belteshazzar answered and said, My Lord. Now, he's not calling him Lord like, you know, the Lord God Almighty. It's a small L, uh, meaning he's giving respect to the king. He said, My Lord, the dream be to them that hate thee. And the interpretation thereof to thine enemies. In other words, your enemies and all that hate you, they're going to be so happy with this interpretation. And verse 20, he said, that The tree that thou sawest, which grew and was strong, and whose height reached into the heaven, and the sight thereof was to all the earth, thereof unto the, all the earth, verse 21, whose, whose leaves were fair, and the fruit thereof much, and, and it was meat for all, and under the beasts of the field dwelt, and, and, and upon whose got to turn the page branches and the fruit of heaven had their habitation he said that what you saw verse 22 it is thou O king that art grown and become strong he said it's you for thy greatness is grown and reach unto heaven and thy dominion to the end of the earth. He said, it's you and all of this that, that has grown from you. All of your kingdom, it's you that that dream is about. Verse 23. And whereas the king saw a watcher and a holy one coming down from heaven and saying, how hew down the tree and destroy it. He said, you heard the watcher and the holy one coming down saying this. Yet leave the stump of the roots thereof in the earth, even with a band of iron and brass, in the tender grass of the field, and let it be wet with the dew of heaven. In other words, it's still going to have its strength and it's still going to have its power within the roots and it's going to stay, stay wet so it does not dry out. In other words, the root of your kingdom is still going to be here, but it's going to be cut down. All right? It says, and let his portion be with the beast of the field till seven times pass over. 
He said, you're going to be like the animals out there for seven years. Verse 24. This is the interpretation, O king. And this is the decree of the Most High. In other words, not the holy gods like you think. He said, this is, this is what the decree is. In other words, this is what God said is going to be. From the Most High. Which is come upon my Lord the King. He said, God has brought this to you. Let me ask you something. Are you willing to wait? Are you honestly going to be so full of pride, whoever you are listening to this podcast, that you are so stubborn and so full of pride that you are going to willing, you are willing to wait, literally wait until God decrees something against you because of your pride. Are you going to wait till then before you repent of your pride? Verse 25. That they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. He said, that's where you're going to live. You're going to live like an animal out in the field. And they shall make thee eat as grass, eat grass as oxen. He said, you're going to eat just like the cow. You're going to be out there munching on the grass. You, you're going to bend down like an animal. You're going to crawl like an animal. You're going to be on your, your knees and your hands. And you're going to crawl around and eat grass like an animal, like a cow. And yet, he's this mighty king. And his kingdom has spread. Oh, my. Verse 25 still. And they shall wet thee with the dew of heaven. And seven times shall pass over thee. He said, uh, your roots are not going to dry out. He said, but seven years are going to pass with all of this. You're going to be out there like an animal. You're going to lose your mind. You're going to be lost out there in the wilderness for seven years. Oh, and look what it says. Verse 25 still. Till thou know that the most high ruleth in the kingdom of man. What does God have to do to you? In order for you to know that the most high rules in the kingdom of men. I had somebody say to me one time, they say, you know, I, I mean, uh, the, people get so bent out of shape. They get so bothered and so troubled when the elections come around. And I'm just like, whoo, Lord, let it be. Whatever you got to do, Lord, let it be. Hallelujah. Oh, let it be, Lord. Hallelujah. Let it be, Lord. Whatever you want, you see? Because God's in charge. Oh, your vote matters. Well, your vote matters maybe on this side of the earth, maybe on this side of men. But God is in charge, whether you like to hear that or not. And sometimes God raises some folks up, uh, and everybody's all mad and angry. And I'm over here, Lord, let your power fall, Lord. You do what you want, Lord, because you're in charge. Hallelujah. You're in charge. Hallelujah. God is in charge. <laughs> I don't care what you do. Yes, it don't matter. You know, it doesn't matter what party comes into power. The ultimate is God is in charge. You can sit there and say all you want. 
well, this group didn't get out there to vote, so now it leaned over to these people, and then, then next time it's something else, and so on. No, you bunch of fools. God is in charge. Do you hear? God's in charge. Oh, glory to God. Amen and hallelujah. And so, it says here, it says now, let's go on and let's continue to read. Verse 26, Whereas they command to leave the stump of the roots, thy kingdom shall be sure unto thee, after that thou shalt have known that the heavens do rule. Now before that we read verse 25. Let's finish verse 25. He said, this is going to happen until, let's read those last two sentences, till thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men. Huh? We just said that. I already said quite a bit. I don't need to say no more, do I? I sang quite a bit. I don't need to sing anymore, do I? And giveth it to whomsoever he will. What? He gives it to whoever he won't. Why? He's in charge. That's why. God is in charge. You bunch of prideful people. Don't you know God is the one in charge? You're not in charge. I don't care what you voted. God is going to be the one that gives the outcome. You say, oh, God would never allow a Democrat to rise up. God would never allow a Republican to rise up. God would never allow. Uh, what's those other ones? Uh, 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 I don't know all of them. I just know those two really because they've been the main ones. But uh, anyway, all these other ones, you know. Listen, God is going to let whatever. Because if it is that the people don't want to bow to God Almighty and listen to Him and obey Him and obey His Word, God is going to send whatever He needs to send in order to you for you to listen. Mm? And you might be treated like an animal. Oh, yeah. You might be treated like an animal for a whole four years that they run in the office. And then you got the next group come and a whole four years being treated like something else. Mm? I mean, people, people got this idea that, you know, that somehow their party or whatever... That, that that somehow your party is uh, the holy grail of God. Are you kidding me? Hello? I don't care. If they're not Holy Ghost filled, are you hearing me? If they are not full of the Holy Ghost. And you know what? People don't want no, well, you know, while so-and-so run, blah, blah, blah. They're full of the Holy Ghost. Because uh, you ain't going to want to hear what they have to say. Mm-mm. And so what people do, all right, so you got you got people that vote one way on one side because of the ideas they got and the thoughts they got. And then you got those that vote on the other side because they say, well, they're not exactly along the lines with uh, what I believe, but it's the best outcome that I got. And you got it on both sides. Yeah, you honestly do. And, 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 and don't sit there and tell me uh, that... Uh, your 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 party is the holy grail of God. That's nonsense. Because uh, have you heard the mouth of some of these people that uh, you know? Oh well, they got the vote. They got the vote of the Christian. They got the vote of the Christian. Have you heard their filthy mouth? 
Huh? Have you heard their filthy mouths? You you think they're the holy grail of God? Huh? Have you have you heard their filthy, nasty little mouth speaking? All kinds of things going out of their mouth that are not godly at all. Not at all. And yet you sit there and you act like your 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 people. No. You, 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 come on now. You say, well, are you trying to say we shouldn't never get out and vote? I say that. You do what you want to do. But you better understand something. God's in charge. Don't sit there and whine and complain when God allows certain ones to be in charge, even though you don't like it. I mean, I don't like, you know, some things going on right now. I shouldn't have done. But look, God is the one in charge, and God is going to let whatever's going to be to be in order to cause the country that has taken God and thrown him in the garbage? Hello? Yes, you have. Mm-hmm. You took God and you threw him in the garbage. You did, America. A lot of y'all did. Now, I'm not saying that there's not some people out there that really love the Lord and that really want God to rule and reign uh, in their hearts. There's people out there. There's, you know, I, I love the Lord. I want the Lord to rule in my heart. And if there's something that God's got to correct me, I want him to correct me out of the word. And, you know, everybody needs to have a mind and a heart like that. But if you think for one second that, that, the, that the kingdom of men uh, is, is, is not going to be moved by God's hand, oh, yes, it will. Nebuchadnezzar found that out. And I'm going to say something to you. If, if God can knock Nebuchadnezzar down and his kingdom down, don't you think for one second America can just keep on standing and keep on standing and keep on standing like you are? Hmm? And you keep rebelling against God and you keep throwing God in the trash and all you that claim to be Christian, you don't even want to hear about holiness. You don't want to hear about separation from the world. You don't want to teach it. You don't want to preach it. Huh? So don't, don't talk to me about your, your problems and your troubles with what you see going on in your country when you ain't letting God rule all the kingdoms of your heart. Huh? The Lord said, be ye holy for I am holy. That's what the Lord say. That's what he say. You won't sit there living an unholy life and you claim to be a Christian. Don't sit there and be mumbling and rapping and complaining about the state of your country. When you won't even listen. You won't even listen to God. Oh, well, you're talking about that old time stuff. You better believe it. Have you read? Have you even read the Bible? Huh? Have you even took the Bible off the shelf and dusted it off? Have you even got into the word of God and even know what it says? You even know what God's voice and mind is? He tells it in the word. Be ye holy for I am holy. Come out from among them and be ye shepherds, saith the Lord. And that's in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Hmm? But you won't listen. You don't want to hear that. You don't want to obey. You want to just keep on going. And yet you won't claim you're a Christian. Well, Jesus said, he said, you know, there's going to be something like that. He said, and they're going to be standing before me and they're going to be saying, uh-huh. Well, Lord, don't you know, we cast out demons in your name. And we did this in your name. And we did that in your name. And the Lord's going to be sitting there, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then when they get running through, running their mouth about all the prideful things that they've done. Hmm? Pride will destroy you. It'll destroy you, it will. Yes, it will. And then the Lord's going to look at them and he said, this is what I'm going to tell them. 
uh, I don't know you because of your sin. Hmm? Don't tell me they weren't servants of the Lord. The Bible tells they are. But see, you don't want to hear that. You want to try to explain it away. No, these are people that were his servants. It tells you that. And they go and they do all of these different things in the name of the Lord. But the Lord said, I don't know you because of your sin. Don't say it's because, well, Jesus didn't wash away their sin. What? Do you hear yourself? You need to open up your eyes to the word of God and what God's word says. Now, let's move on because I ain't got a whole lot of time. I'm already an hour and 15 minutes. All right. So, at the end of verse 25, we see it says, uh, this is going to happen to you for seven years until you know. He said, it's going to take that long until you know the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will. Whomsoever he will. Get that in your head. Stop being so stubborn and not listening to God's word. Verse 26. And whereas they commanded to leave the stump of the tree roots, thy kingdom shall be sure unto thee. He said, God's going to let it come back to you. After that thou have known that the heavens do rule. <laughs> what does God have to do to us? I know what God did to me. I can say it with such vehemency in my voice and such a fire down in my throat. Hallelujah. Thank you. Because God, I thank God. Oh, he bowed me. Yes, he did. He stripped my tree. Yes, he did. Hallelujah. And I thank God because when pride gets a hold of you, it, it'll destroy you. And I'm so thankful. And I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm just, I can't tell the Lord how thankful I am for what the Lord did and was so patient. And all, but God is going to do that. What does God have to do? How long does God have to keep on with you until you listen and know that God is in charge of anything and everything around you? Your job, everything. God is in charge, and sometimes God uses certain things around. You know, uh, maybe you got trouble on the job or problems on the job. Listen, that's not time for you to go shooting people up. My word, no, it's time for you to reassess. Amen. Reassess your life. Understand that God is in charge. You're not in charge. Do you know so many people, when they go doing all these atrocities and these different things, you know, these shootings and all that, there is a spirit of pride that's there. There is a spirit of pride. I'm talking about a demon. Okay? Because demons are real. I don't care what you say. I know what the Word of God says. Demons are real. And those devils, they will move people to think that they have the power to just destroy life. They're playing God. Oh, well, they've got emotional part. Listen, you can sit there and play around with that all you want. They have emotional problem. I don't deny that. But I'm going to tell you what. Don't you sit there and tell me that there's not no spiritual problem here. And, and, and Because uh, anybody that goes shooting up a bunch of people and, 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 and mass shootings and all that, there is a spiritual problem in their soul. You hear there's a spiritual problem there. And this is what happened with Nebuchadnezzar. There was a spiritual problem down in his soul. There was a spiritual problem. And his spiritual problem was pride. Somewhere along the lines, a lot of times what happens with people where they end up where things get worse and worse for them and, 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 and their emotional state becomes uh, more dire and more dire and more dire. You can reach back if you sit there and listen to the story long enough and listen to conversations long enough, you will find that root of pride. Yes, you will. 
Oh, yes, you will. And somewhere along the way, those demons, they can just do whatever they want. Now, some people say, well, are you trying to say that everybody's got emotional problems they're demon-possessed? I did not say that. Don't put words in my mouth. You sit down and be quiet. Don't you dare put those words in my mouth. I did not say that. But what I am telling you is there is a spiritual significance to these things, whether you want to believe it or not. Whether you want to believe it or not, it doesn't matter. Because, see, the devil's out to destroy. The Bible says he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what the devil's going to do. That's what he's going to do. Whether you like that or not, that is what the Bible says he's going to do. But the other thing is God is in charge. That's what the Bible says, whether you like it or not. God is in charge. All right, so let's move on. So it says in verse 26, Whereas they command uh, to leave the stump and the roots and the kingdom sure, uh, the kingdom shall be sure unto thee. After that thou shalt have known that the heavens do rule. Verse 27, Wherefore, O king, let my counsel, pay attention to verse 27. This is what Belteshazzar, this is what Daniel was saying to him. You know, he seemed to care about the king. You say, how in the world could, could, he, could he find himself caring about that king when, when this king was, uh, you know, I mean, he went in, he took, uh, you know, people out of their country and made them into slaves and all that. I mean, listen, he found a way to, to care about this king. And so he says to him, because he didn't have to tell him this. He didn't have to say this at all. But but see when 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 you get the spirit of the Lord moving you and directing you, you do try to encourage people to turn to the Lord. You you do your very best to try to get people to listen. You you I mean it's what God's spirit does. It it, it drives you to want to try to help those folks because you realize, look, if you don't get this straightened out, you're gonna be destroyed. And 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 it's not to say to be like this cruel person. No, it's because the love of God is inside of us and we are so desperately trying to reach you, so desperately trying to help you. But if you don't want to listen and you don't want to turn, what more could be said? But nevertheless, God will still send people and he will put those words in their mouth trying to reach you because he loves you. He desperately loves you and he desperately wants you to be saved. He desperately wants you to turn around. So let's listen to verse 27. Wherefore, O king, here's Daniel talking to him, let my counsel be acceptable unto you. He said, will you please accept my words of counsel to you? This is what Daniel is saying. Will you please listen to me? Will you listen to the counsel that I give you? I, I, you know, I've pastored two, two different churches over a period of time uh, in my life. And, and I always ran across people that would not listen to the counsel I gave them. They would not. And every single time in those instances when they would not listen, and I would, you know, sometimes plead with them uh, away from the pulpit, sometimes literally begging and pleading, like I do on this podcast, I've been just to, you know, fire in my mouth trying to plead for people to come down to the altar and repent and get right with God before it's too late. And, uh, you know, when I had some people, you know, and uh, trying to counsel them, trying to explain to them, look, if you don't turn this around, if you don't turn, this is not going to go well. And I, I've seen it happen time and again. You know, I, uh, and uh, I don't want to give too many details because some people, they know who I am and they know who I've pastored in different ones. And I don't, I don't want to give some detail, specific detail. 
But I am going to say this. I have seen where I've counseled with people and I've tried to give them a word to turn around, to repent, to get right with God. And then I've seen them literally where certain people come into their life and literally try to kill them. And so Nebuchadnezzar, and I'm not kidding. I didn't say that just to say it. I'm telling you the truth. And, and, and so listen to verse 27. It, it, it is a, a pleading, uh, just this, this desire to try to help people remove themselves from the pride that they're in because pride is it, it's just going to destroy you. There's no other way to put it. It's going to destroy you. Whether you've got pride because of the money you make, whether you get, even if you've got pride that you pastor this big old church, or whatever, if you're not teaching those people to repent and live for God, huh? And, and you're so prideful, you want to run around in a $300,000 sports car. I cannot say that enough to you. You know who you are. And other people know who I'm talking about too. You better turn. You better turn. Because destruction will come. And the only reason I say that is because pride, the Bible says, is destructive. Oh, I'm not prideful. Then you don't need that $300,000 car to run around in. And you know you don't. You know you don't. You do not need no $300,000 car to ride around in. Not if you can call yourself a minister, a man of God. I'm going to leave that alone. I've said enough about that. Now, all right, so verse 27. Wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee, and break off thy sins by righteousness. You say, what does that mean? It means exactly what it says. Break off your sins by doing what's right. Cut your sins off by starting with doing righteousness. Do what's right. Start doing what is righteous in God. Cut your sins off and start doing what's right in God. This is what he's saying. And then he says, and thine iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. So Nebuchadnezzar was not doing that. He was not doing what was right in God, and he was not being merciful to the poor. And Daniel says, you've got to stop what you're doing and turn around. He said, if it may be a lengthening of thy tranquility. He said, if it be that God will lengthen some peace for your life, this is what you need to do. But do you think that Nebuchadnezzar listened? Well, let's look at verse 28. It says, All this came upon the king Nebuchadnezzar. Everything that that dream said was going to happen came to Nebuchadnezzar. Verse 29. At the end of 12 months, he walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. Mm. Nebuchadnezzar, here you are. You walk into your palace in your kingdom. Hmm? Twelve months has went by, Nebuchadnezzar, and for a whole year, you didn't listen to God. For a whole entire year, God was patient. For a whole entire year, God was trying to reach you with the words that, De that Belteshazzar said to you, that Daniel said to you, but you wouldn't listen. He told you, if you're going to have some kind of peace, 
you're going to have some tranquility. You have to turn from your sin, break off your sins, and start doing what's right, and start treating the poor right. Mm. But one day, since all this came to Nebuchadnezzar, verse 29, the end of 12 months, so God will let you go as long as you think you can go, and more, maybe. Because you see, God's in charge. You say, well, I've seen some people go all the way to their grave. Uh-huh. And where did they go? They went to stand before God. Yes, they did. They went and stood before God. Oh, yes. They went and stood before God Almighty. And everything that we've done in the body, whether it be good or bad, it's all been written down. And if you don't accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and repent of your sins, hmm? Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 tells us, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that gift of the Holy Ghost is going to lead you to do what's right in God. It's going to lead you to the Word. That's what the Holy Ghost is going to do. All right, so let's read them. So, the end of 12 months, here he walks in his palace, verse 30. The king spake and said, listen to what came out of his mouth. Is not this great Babylon and that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power mm, 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 mm. and for the honor of my majesty? Nebuchadnezzar, listen to that mouth of pride. The king spake, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom of my might by my power by the might of my power by the might of my power no you don't do anything by the might of your power God has let you do this and whatever you got going on too Oh, you think because you run some kind of company? Oh, maybe it's a Fortune 500 company. You think you did that? No. No, 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 no. God allowed you. God allowed you. Mm -hmm. Because he's in in charge of all of the affairs of men. Yes, he is. Mm -hmm. Including yours. You better get that pride out of your heart before it sends you into the ground just like it did with Nebuchadnezzar. Now, let's read on. Verse 31. While the word was in the king's mouth, while he kept on talking, hmm? you keep on talking your pride. One of these days you're going to keep on talking, and while the word is in your mouth, God's judgment is going to come to you. Hmm? You might end up having a massive heart attack. You might end up having a massive stroke. You might end, end up having an aneurysm coming across your brain while the words of pride come out of your mouth. Why? God gets tired of us playing this game of pride. You better turn around and face him. You better repent. You better turn around. While... The word was in the king's mouth. Verse 31. There fell a voice from heaven. There fell a voice from heaven. Woo! Bam! It fell from heaven. Mm. Force. Mighty force. Fell straight out of heaven. While the word was still in his mouth. 
saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the king is de- kingdom is departed from thee. Bam! God going to shake your tree and take your kingdom away from you. If you don't listen, you better get that pride out of your heart, whoever you are that God's trying to reach. Because I know God don't put these words in my mouth that somebody's not trying, God's not trying to reach somebody. I know he is. While the word was still in the king's mouth, the voice of heaven fell and said, "Mm, your kingdom has departed from you. Verse 32, And they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass as oxen. You're going to be just like a cow out in the field. And seven times shall pass over thee. Seven years you're going to be like that. Until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will. You're going to understand it. Yes, you are. Verse 33. Verse 33. Verse 33. What does it say? The same hour. Mm, my, my, my. The same hour. Ooh, my, my, my. Twelve months has went by, Nebuchadnezzar. You walked in, you speak in your prideful mouth. And a voice comes falling out of heaven. Yes, it will. The same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men. It happened just like God said it was going to happen. He was driven from men and did eat grass as oxen. You're just like a cow, Nebuchadnezzar. You're out there on your hands and knees and eating like a cow. Because God is bowing you down. Because you would not repent of your pride. Mm, don't you see why God hates pride? God hates the proud look. God hates it. Why? Because it destroys us. It destroys us. The same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar and he was driven from men and did eat grass as oxen and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hairs were grown like eagle's feathers and his nails were like bird's claws. Mm. Mm He lost his mind. Nebuchadnezzar did. He lost his mind and he was out there and, and just living like an animal. All because of his pride. Daniel tried to help him. Daniel tried to tell him. He said, won't you just listen to my counsel? Won't you just turn and do what's right? Won't you repent? Won't you do what's right to the poor? Verse 34. At the end of the days, listen to Nebuchadnezzar how he talks now. At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven. Yes, he did. And mine understanding returned unto me. Hallelujah. And I blessed the Most High. Yes, he did. He blessed the Most High. And I praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. 
You see the change in Nebuchadnezzar's heart? He's not talking about the holy gods anymore. Oh, no, no, no. No. Uh -uh. Oh, his understanding came to him and he began to bless the Most High. And then he began to praise him and he began to honor him. And then he said, you live forever. Your dominion is an everlasting dominion and your kingdom goes from generation to generation. Oh, yes. Verse 35. We're almost done, folks. Verse 35. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. Nebuchadnezzar keep talking. He said, we're as nothing. Don't you know the Bible says that? Huh? We're here today and gone tomorrow. Hmm? Yes. We're, we're like the wind that blows and we move and boom, we're gone. We're like the grass that grows up and bam, it's gone. You see. Huh? Have you never seen anybody pass away or die? I use the word die. Mm-hmm. Have you ever not seen nobody die? Ever? You think everybody lived forever? You know they don't. You know they don't. And you're not going to live forever either. So you better turn from your pride because you're going to meet God and it is going to be destructive to you. Now let's look at verse 35. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he doth according to his will in the army of heaven. God does what he wants with the army that's in the heavens. And he said, look, this is what we're going to do on earth. This is how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to perform it. And people sit there and say, God's not in charge. Oh, look at the mess. God couldn't possibly be in charge. Oh, no. He's in charge, but he's letting the humans just run like crazy and do what you want, just like he did Nebuchadnezzar. But one of these days, judgments are coming. Judgments are coming. Yes, it is. And we better wake up because pride will destroy. Huh? Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Verse 35. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he doth according to his will in the army of heaven. This is Nebuchadnezzar talking. And among the inhabitants of the earth. In other words, he does everything he wants in heaven and everything on earth. And none can stay his hand and say to unto him, What dost thou? We can't sit there and say, God, why are you doing this this way? Why did you let this happen? Why did you allow that to happen? We have no right to talk to God like that because God sees the end from the beginning. We have no reason and right to talk like that to God. And Nebuchadnezzar finally understood that. His spirit of pride literally drove him to live like an animal for seven years. And God can do anything with you too. Don't sit there and think he can't. Oh, yes, he can. God can wipe you out. Oh, my God, help us to understand. Let's look at verse 36. It says, at the same time, my reason returned unto me. Well, thank you, Jesus. You've got power to help us turn around. And you've got forgiveness for us. And you've, you, 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 you give such, um, such a thing as even what you did with Nebuchadnezzar. But you allow us to come back to our senses. That's what happened uh, with the prodigal son. You know, he was in the pig pen and, and, and he was just a mess. And he just, uh, you know, just made a mess out of his life. And then he came to himself and understood, I've got to get back to my father's house. Don't you know we've got to go back to our father's house? Look, don't let the devil be your daddy. Do you hear me? Don't let the devil be your daddy. Your daddy, the devil is going to tell you to be prideful. Because that's what got him kicked out of heaven. It's the spirit that moves him. He's wicked. He's evil. He wants you to hold on to pride because that's what took him down. And he wants to take you down with him. Because he don't want to spend hell alone. 
He wants to take you with you. He wants to hear you screaming in hell. Because the devil knows he's going there and he wants to listen to you scream in hell. Because that's what's going to happen if you don't turn from your pride. Verse 36. At the same time, my reason returned to me for the glory of my kingdom and mine honor and brightness returned unto me. God gave him everything back because the root was left there just like the prophecy was said. Hmm? Because what God says, he means. And I'm going to tell you right now, God says pride will destroy, it will destroy. No two words about it. Hmm? God is in charge whether you believe it or not because God says so. All right. Verse 36, at the same time, my reason returned, my glory, the glory of my kingdom, the honor and brightness returned unto me, and my counselors and my lords sought unto me. Everything came back to him, just like God said it would. And I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added unto me. He had even more than he had before. But listen to verse 37. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven. Ooh, glory. All whose works are truth and his ways judgment and those that walk in pride he is able to abase. Those that walk in pride he's able to abase. Listen to Nebuchadnezzar. He went through a mess. He knows. He said those who walk in pride God is able to abase them. That word abase, it means he can take you down. God can take you down. Yes, he can. And pride will do it. Friend, won't you hear today? Won't you listen? It's been an hour and 40 minutes. You say, your podcasts have just gotten too long. Yes, my last podcast was for two hours, a little over two hours, actually, I believe. And this one, um, by the time we get through, it can be a little over an hour and 40 minutes. But, God is trying to reach somebody. God is trying to reach somebody and trying to help you before you're destroyed with your pride. And what went on in the last podcast, listen, pride. God keeps me camped out here on this word. He does not like the look of pride. God is saying, let it go. Whatever it is that you've got in your life, your career that's caused you pride, your, you know, your vast amount of properties or whatever you got going on. I don't know what you got going on, but God sure does and he's trying to talk to you. You better hear him. Because just like Nebuchadnezzar and he took him down from a great kingdom, God can take you down too. And Nebuchadnezzar, he's trying to say to you, look, God can do this. God can and God will do this. And anybody, anybody, anybody who walks in pride, he said he's able to take you down. He's able to abase you. He's able to literally knock you off of your pedestal. Are you going to wait till then? Or are you going to make up your mind now to literally repent of your pride? Are you going to repent of your pride today? Hmm? You think you know so much? You better let that go. Hmm? Oh, yes. You think you're so smart because you've got all those degrees? I'm going to tell you what. God don't give one iota about your stinking degrees. No, he don't. Now, he gave you the mind to be able to go to the school. But you know what the Apostle Paul said about all of his education? He said it's poo-poo. You said, oh, the Bible don't say that. Yes, it does. It don't use the word poo-poo. The Apostle Paul used the word dung. 
You know what dung is? It's poo-poo. Yes. And the Apostle Paul, he said, all my education, everything that I mean, he said everything, everything I ever gained in this earth and in this life, he said, I just counted as poo-poo. Huh? Your educations and your degrees and your job, I don't care if you're running a Fortune 500 camp- company. I don't care if you're $100 million, uh, you know, uh, in your bank account. I don't care if you're a billionaire. None of that matters to God. No, it does not. Because you're going to die and you're going to meet God and your money ain't going to save you. You understand? Your pride. You're hiding behind your money. You're hiding behind all that. You drive down the road in your, uh, what is it, uh, Rolls Royce or whatever else you got going on. Hmm? Your Jaguar, you think you're so hot driving down the road. Huh? You say, oh, you, you you say that because you ain't got. Listen, God, I drove, I've had luxury cars before and God took them away from me. You say, well, that's every pride and you're just angry. No, I am far from angry. Well, you sound so angry. Oh, why don't you sit down and be quiet? That's not what this is. I'm angry with the devil. I'm not angry with my life. I'm not angry with what God took. I'm angry with the devil because the devil fools people with pride. And it angers me because I see so many people that are destroyed by it. I've watched it. I've watched it. I've watched my own relatives. I've watched some of my own relatives be destroyed by pride. So yes, that angers me. Because that means Satan has come along and fooled them to think that their pride is greater than anything. And some of those folks, they say they're Christian. Hmm. I'm going to tell you, if you get to listen to this podcast, any of my relatives, you know who you are. And you know who I'm talking about. Yes, you do. And you better repent. Because if you don't repent of that pride, oh, my God. What God did to Nebuchadnezzar, he can do to anybody. Yes, he does. He has the power. You don't think he don't? Keep on going down the road you're going, and you're going to find out he's got power. And when you meet him, there's not anything you're going to be able to do or say if you don't repent. And I'm trying to stop you before you get there to get you to turn around. Because if you don't turn around from pride, you are going to be wiped out. You're going to be wiped out when you meet him. Because that's what took Satan out. He got kicked out of heaven because of his spirit of pride. And yes, you may go all your life. I'm going to finish this podcast and say this. You may go all of your life and have all kinds of wonderful things in your life. You travel. You got a yacht. You got this. You got that. Whatever going on. None of that matters to God. You ain't taking that Rolls Royce when you meet God. No, you ain't. You ain't taking that yacht with you when you meet God. And you ain't going to be able to bargain with him neither. Uh Uh-uh. There ain't going to be no bargaining going on when you meet God. And you know what I get so sick and tired? I get so sick and tired of people saying, everybody went to heaven, everybody going to heaven. No, they're not. Oh, they're with the angels in heaven. No, they're not. They're in hell. If they did not live for God and did not repent of that pride, they are in hell. And they're burning. Huh? I can prove it in the Bible. And they're going to be in the lake of fire because hell's going to be thrown in the lake of fire. They're going, to, they're going to be there forever and ever and ever and they're never getting out. So you know what the good news is? Here's the good news. You need to repent of your pride so you don't meet them there. Oh, we're just going to have a party. No, you're not. There ain't no partying in hell. 
There ain't no partying in hell. You won't have to repent. And I hope you do. And I say that, and I mean this when I say this. I know people don't think so, but it's the truth. I love you, and I'm trying to help you. But God put a fire in my mouth to try to get you to listen. Please, I'm begging of you to listen. Please, don't die with pride in your heart. Don't die in your sins. Please turn around. Please turn around in Jesus' name. I'm going to pray before we close this out. Dear Lord, I'm praying right now that somebody, anybody, anywhere, whoever it is, Lord, if it's just one person that listens and turns from their pride, God, all this, all of this podcast has been worth it. All Every last one of them, if just one person turn and be saved and be taken away from the spirit of pride and be saved and, and go to heaven, Lord, this has all been worth it. Thank you, Lord. But my God, can you please... Please, Lord, let them feel your spirit move on them and convict them of their pride before it destroys them. And Lord, you know I'm asking this, Lord, from the bottom of my heart, you know that I am. Lord, please, my God, in the name of Jesus, help them. Convict them of their sin. Send whatever you got to, Lord, to convict them of their sin that they may turn from that spirit of pride. Because, Lord, we know, God, through your word and through, Lord, everything that you allowed. Oh, my God. All the things that you allowed to be taken from me because of my own spirit of pride. Lord, I can see what destruction it can bring. So, God, I plead with you. Lord, help anybody that's got this struggle and battle with pride. Please help them. God, give them a heart and a mind to want to turn from it and to, 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 to live for you, to turn to your word and to be obedient to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. So may the Lord keep you. And I just want to encourage you all, if you would, tomorrow's the Sabbath. Uh, we have our worship service. It's called The Eunuch Preacher. That is uh, exactly what I said, the eunuch preacher. Uh, eunuch is spelled capital E-U-N-U-C-H, the eunuch preacher. All three words are separated. Uh, and uh, when you search it out, you'll uh, look it up on YouTube or on YouTube. And um, you'll, the capital, each word has a capital letter. And God's, um, the eunuch preacher and the words are separated. But type that in. Find the eunuch preacher. Uh, we are an apostolic Pentecostal people that love the Lord. We believe in the truth of God and uh, uh, we believe in uh, worshiping God and serving the Lord. And uh, we will uh, be there tomorrow just praising God. And, and you can hear lots of songs sung uh, glorifying God and honoring Him. And we lift up the name of Jesus Christ. We give Him praise and we give Him honor. And I would just be uh, absolutely uh, honored if you would join us and uh, those uh, just like um, God's whole word is pre-recorded and then loaded on there for you uh, y'all to be able to hear it at your leisure and and, uh, and we certainly would hope that one day that we can do it in real time but uh, we don't have that done yet but anyway if you would go there on the Sabbath, which is Saturday, every Saturday it's loaded up uh, sometime by the evening time. Our service starts at 1.30, and by the time we get out, sometime we go all the way to 4, 4.30. We've been long. Now, I don't mean that uh, it's always like that, but uh, 
But uh, you get everything. You get the singing and the, and the shouting and the dancing and the praising and, and the prayers that are said and, and the word of God that goes and all everything included, the whole worship service including the message. And uh, I, I just pray that you would watch it and that your soul would be blessed and that you would be moved to turn to God and to repent and to live for the Lord. And maybe, maybe you know, God has touched you. Maybe you're walking this walk with Jesus Christ and you just haven't been baptized with the Holy Ghost. I would encourage you to listen to uh, the eunuch preacher and, and, and be encouraged to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Be encouraged to be baptized in Jesus' name. And, uh, and then we have our Bible study on Wednesday night, which is also on the eunuch preacher, our Wednesday night Bible study. And that also is pre-recorded, and it's uh, loaded up. And, uh, you know, you might be able to watch it later on in Wednesday evening uh, if you got the time, or you listen to it on Thursday or whatever. Uh, but in any event, I would encourage you to do that. And always would love to encourage you to listen to us here at God's Whole Word. Uh, we, um, we do this on Tuesdays and Fridays. And, um, you know, once in a while we have to maybe not able to record for one reason or another, but we do our best to try to do that. And I'm trying, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I've, I've tried to keep them no more than an hour. I really have. But the last two, God has just really put a burden on my heart to speak to people about the spirit of pride. And so I would encourage you to please listen to um, last Tuesdays and tonight's, if you would, because... Uh, we really need to turn to God, and we need to let go of the spirit of pride. And so with that said, without further ado, may God keep you and bless you. May we have a wonderful weekend in Jesus' name. And uh, y'all, just keep on keeping on, and, and, and let God do a work in your life in Jesus' name.